0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In 1965, Jim Whitaker led Robert Kennedy on the first ascent of a remote mountain in the Yukon named after JFK. Fifty years later, their sons revisit the site of this iconic climb to learn more about the endeavor that shaped their families. Return to Mount Kennedy spans generations, reminding how every trail connects through enduring friendships built in the mountains. Featuring instrumentals by Eddie Vedder and never-before-seen footage of the climb, the film Return to Mount Kennedy sits at the intersection of politics, human rights, environmentalism, and adventure. And we're joined today by the producer and the director of *Return to Mount Kennedy*, and that would be Eric Becker. Eric, welcome to Film School Radio.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being here. the uh, The film is a very heartwarming, intimate look into the lives of really two families. For those who don't know, and I, Jim Whitaker, founded REI, and for so that will I think provide kind of a frame for his passion for mountain climbing, for the outdoors, for the environment. And for those who don't know who Robert Kennedy is, we're going to find out in the course of our conversation. How's that? Eric, how did this project come to you? How did you become the director of uh, Return to Mount Kennedy?
1: I was hired in 2013 to make a short film about Jim Whitaker in honor of the um, 1963 Everest expedition. Um, And the film kind of ended up having a different take on on Jim's life. It wasn't about the machismo, the accomplishment. It was more about what is Jim's message um, at this stage, Um, more about the kind of poetics or his love of nature and his um, kind of reverence for the outdoors and what that's meant to him. And then Bob Whitaker saw the film and reached out to me, and we just pretty much became buddies. And at some point, he emailed me and pitched the idea of going to Mount Kennedy. We really thought that we would just be doing a short, so that we could convince brands to give us money to support the expedition. We really just wanted to go climb the mountain and explore the history of it. Um, And then it just sort of kept getting bigger and bigger, and we found a lot of archival footage, um, and then turned the thing into the project that that you've seen, this much more expansive piece that, that really does span a lot of generations and ties together a lot of different,
0: At what point did you realize that you had this footage, uh, this archival footage of Jim Whitaker and Bobby Kennedy? By the way, I was being a little flip when I described who Bobby Kennedy is. He's the son of John Kennedy, uh, the president of the United States who was assassinated. Robert Kennedy uh, is his brother. Um, But at what point did you sort of realize, boy, there's enough footage here for a documentary film to really flesh it out?
1: Sure, yeah. When we started sitting down with the edit, um, we were still framing it as a short film, but with a little bit of cutting, like a couple weeks, we realized that there were so many pieces that to even tell a story that was able to contextualize the climb in 2015 that we did, we would need to dig into the history. And once we really dug into the history, um, there's no way to tell that story super quickly. On top of that, anytime you make a documentary, you need to... um, really focus on your characters, right? And I shouldn't say that. Every documentary is are issue-based, but if it's character-driven, you've got to give context to who that person is, and you've got to show how they change um, when faced with the challenges that they're faced with. So we knew that there was no way to tell the story of Bob Whitaker, who's an incredibly complex guy, without spending a lot of time to do that as well. So um, within a few months of starting to edit, we realized we'd need to do some more shooting, shoot a few more interviews. And that's really when a lot of the archival footage started coming at us. There's stuff that we could find on the Internet that was pretty simple. You could Google Bobby Kennedy Mountain Climb. But um, the amazing thing was that people reached out to us and let us know that they had footage. One of those people was Malcolm Taylor, who's featured in the film. He was on the 1965 expedition and turned out to be a pretty amazing enthusiast uh, in photography and, and filmmaking itself and captured all this footage and all these beautiful photos of the climb and the expedition. that sort of, um, I don't know, just really beautiful imagery to work with. We wanted to let it breathe in a bigger way to, um, you know, create this sense of, of what it was like back then for people on that climb and the relationships between the churches.
0: Yeah, and isn't that the often the case in documentary filmmaking? You know, fortune shines on those who, who put themselves out there and Without knowing that this footage existed, that you just described, uh, knowing whether or not this person could have easily been gone. He could have been dead by now, literally. And so all of these things, and it's one of the things that I so appreciate about documentary filmmakers, and my audience has heard me saying this numerous times, and that is uh, this leap of faith that uh, filmmakers take, especially in the documentary film realm, is to put yourself out there And then you start, things start coming to you in ways that you couldn't have imagined. And that sounds like that was the case with this found footage.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think it's the author Stephen Pressfield who talks about that exact same thing in his book, The The War of Art, where he says that just the simple act of sitting down and committing to the project and getting to your desk every day creates this almost magic in the universe. I mean, I'm not like a super woo-woo guy, but... I thoroughly believe that when you commit yourself to a project and you start sort of tugging the strings, right, peeling the onion back, uh, weird things happen and stuff just kind of comes to you. So mm-hmm. I think one of the most important skill sets of a filmmaker is literally just being comfortable with the ambiguity of the whole thing when you go into the project. You know, it's, it's sometimes, uh, I don't know, creates a lot of anxiety because you don't know what the thing could be or where it would go and you're making all these decisions, hopefully correct, to, to massage it and get it to that place. Being able to sit with that uncertainty and that uh, kind of ambiguity, I think, is really important.
0: Yeah. One of our minor listeners that we're speaking with, the director and producer of the film, Return to Mount Kennedy. And just as a program note, um, Eric Becker will be in town for uh, a a screening of Return to Mount Kennedy on uh, Tuesday, November 5th, here in Los Angeles, the Los Feliz Theater, it is a seven o'clock screening. Is that right? Um, and you'll be there for the Q and A after that.
1: Yep, that's correct. Uh, if you go to our website, MelKiddie we have a link to the event page right where so you can purchase tickets.
0: And you really should check this out. And I want to get into the kind of the heart, the meat of the story here because uh, it, it is a film that takes you on a journey. It, it that is at times. I mean, it's kind kind of expected in some ways, but the unexpected, and is getting to know um, a little bit about Bob Whitaker, who, by the way, spoiler alert. Tell me if I'm giving anything away here, Eric. Was named after Bobby Kennedy.
1: He is, yeah. That's that's perfectly fine to let the world know. I think it helps <laughs> kind of frame the state, Really,
0: right? Who has a very interesting backstory in that he grew up in the Northwest and was part of the sort of the zeitgeist and founding uh, uh, cadre of people behind sub-pop music and toured with uh, Mudhoney and a whole bunch of crazy in his life. But that is in the film. But it's also really this film is a family film all the way from start to finish it's about it's about bob and jim and leaf his brother leaf and his dad jim it's about robert kennedy and his son and his legacy it's really it but it it takes it takes its time getting to all of these different parts of the story which i really appreciated in the film i really thought that you you spent the right amount of time in exploring all these different parts of the film Consciously or unconsciously, how did, how did that sort of unfold? Is this an editing thing, or did you know while you were making the film that you really needed to spend time in these different areas of the of the story? I think
1: a lot of the ways that we edited um, the piece I by feel. Um, a lot of the connections that we're making are emotional connections. You know, if you go back and, and watch it, you can see that maybe it's not completely logical in some instances, the way that we tie things together, but it works with the heart. Exactly. Um, it was an incredibly complex edit to do. My uh, editor, Andrew Frank, was incredibly helpful in kind of helping to get it all together. But, um, it, you know, it took us about two years to really make it work, and the challenge was pulling these disparate things together and, and making it feel right to the viewer and pacing it in a way, getting the music right, um, to, to make it feel what I'd like to hope is effortless to watch.
0: Well, it is, and it's emotional, and I'm say this. Unfortunately, I'm old enough to have lived in a period of time when Robert Kennedy was running for president and what a tremendous impact that had on my life. What happened to Robert Kennedy and what happened to John Kennedy. For those who only know this as a footnote in history, John Kennedy was assassinated as president of the United States and Robert Kennedy was assassinated as a candidate about to become the nominee for president of the United States. These were incredibly important and tragic circumstances that have altered the course of history in the United States in ways that we're, we will never quite understand or know uh, completely how it's shaped the country. But w- it they were profound in the in the impact that they had on the American zeitgeist. So you're dealing with people that are very, very familiar, at least in the case of Bobby Kennedy. And Jim Whitaker as well, For as I said at the top of the interview, founder of R- REI, so that in and of itself sort of people who were passionate about what they believed in and followed their passion those two people and to the extent that their families have followed in their own footsteps is that a fair assessment
1: yeah i think that's totally fair i mean um you know a lot of people know the story of of bobby kennedy's assassination um less so i think with younger generations um but they've not heard jim whitaker's side of it and the, the best storytelling to me is when you can personalize those things in history and, and hear from people who had a real connection and, you know, stakes in, in those events. And, um, you know, I've never seen a more powerful explanation of, of those events than I saw when Jim Whitaker sat down and was willing to share his experience with me.
0: It's a beautiful part of the film, and I don't want to say too much more than... I had, I had no idea of the connection he had to the Kennedy family, I didn't know about this mountain climb. I didn't know anything about him. And once again, the beauty of documentary film just shines through when you are introduced to something that you think you know a little bit about, but at the same time, once you take this journey, and this is what Return to Mount Kennedy is, you are, the door's open in so many other ways, and it's you, your curiosity is piqued in other ways, and that, I yeah. think that's what you're calling Yeah, this. and
1: those are always my t- favorite types of films and favorite types of stories, exactly what you said, and... When you have that moment where they're like, wait, what? That's not how I thought it went. Um, and then kind of learning the context around it and the people involved is always, those are just satisfying to me.
0: Yeah, and I want to tease our audience a little bit by saying that this, the relationships between the Whitaker family and the Kennedy family um, and, the, and the last days of Robert Kennedy, this is a story I didn't know know anything about, and it is... I mean, it's amazing. I, I just I'm so grateful to now know what I know about Jim Whittaker and about uh, the intersection of him and the Kennedy family. It's um, it's really amazing. Really, it is. Okay. But yeah. but how an- you like it? Yeah, but, but another part of it is is really watching Bobby Whittaker and how we see him in his in his uh in his youth. In his youthful well, indiscretions, in some ways, and then we see him as a as a mature man. Is that a, should I call him a mature man? Would he would he be upset if I said that? Um, I'm not sure it's accurate.
1: No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bobby Bobby's been on a journey for sure, um, and you get to see that journey intimately in the film, uh, for better or for worse.
0: Yes, yes, and we've got Eddie Vedder and um, the, the gentleman from, I assume, from Mud Honey, who's sitting with Eddie. Who is? What's his name? Matt Lucan. Matt Lucan. Okay, Matt Lucan. Uh, they have yeah. they provide a little bit of the Greek chorus in the film for us, uh, talking about they Bob. Do, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's totally
1: Greek chorus. I also like to think of it as the two Muppets in the booth.
0: Well, there you go, and I. Funny you should yeah. say that because I love to refer to that, 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 make that reference as well. Yes, they yeah. are a bit that of that. That
1: was actually the inspiration for the, uh, <laughs> for that, that setup.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. And, yeah, so it, it, it's a lot of things in the film. It again, it's a, it's a very intimate film. It's a very contemplative film in a lot of ways. It's sort of the power of the mountains, the power of, of nature and the environment and the respect that we should have for it is, that comes across in this.
1: Yeah, it was, um, I was going to say that along those lines of those those kind of, like, moments where you were, you were shown that things are maybe not what you thought, um, my hope with the film was to 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 bring that sense about where you see all these different connections that you didn't know happened. You didn't know Bobby Whitaker was the son of Jim Whitaker, who was friends with Bobby Kennedy, and Bobby Whitaker was instrumental in the Seattle grunge scene, involved with sub-pop, really good friends with Eddie Vedder, um, so to, for me, it was, it was uh, there were so many aha moments for me. My desire was to kind of bring those things out and show those connections. And then on top of that, show the way that people connect in the outdoors. Because that's a very powerful thing for me in my life. Um, it's obviously at the core of Jim Whitaker's message. So um, seeing how all of those trails, as we say, sort of connect around the mountains is, is sort of one of the, the big things I tried to do with the piece.
0: Yeah I I lived in the mountains for 3 years. I lived in Mammoth for 3 years and I can tell you there is the majesty the the uh the overwhelming sense of the universe in many ways comes out when you stand next to a mountain or you're in a mountain range or you're in the middle of winter you uh you can't help but be humbled by that experience and also in some ways enriched by it as well. So it comes out in this film. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, the film, again, is returned to Mount Kennedy, and as we said earlier, it's going to be screening here in Los Angeles. It's at the Los Feliz Theater on November 5th, which is a Tuesday, and Eric Becker, the producer and director, uh, will be there for a and a Is there anyone else going to be joining us that night?
1: Oh, yes. Bobby Whitaker will be there as well. Um... You never know who's going to show up at a Mount Kennedy screening. We've had uh, the bassist in Nirvana come to a couple of them. Okay, um, we've had uh, Eddie Vedder come to a couple. So we'll uh, we'll try to source some rock stars from down in L.A. to show up <laughs> as well.
0: It, it is L.A. after all. There should be a few lying around somewhere that you might be able to yeah to get to stop by. And well, congratulations on this wonderful documentary film. It can get all the best on the launch. Um, on uh, the uh, VOD and uh, the uh, p- opportunities for people who want to uh, rent or buy for uh, this. It's, uh, you'll enjoy it. You really will. and it's uh, Again, thank you so much, Eric Becker, for spending some time with us here on Film School Radio.
1: Yeah, thank you, and thanks for all of your support of the documentary film community.